The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome in to another episode of Bare Bones. My name is Mason West, and as sometimes, I am joined by Danny Meehan. Danny, how are you doing today? As sometimes, I appreciate that because I'm some, I'm your regularly scheduled co-host, except for when I can't get off work. <laughs> so only sometimes, but yeah, I'm good, yeah. man. I got my uh, I got my Starbies here, and um, ready for my caffeine to kick in because I'm a little tired this afternoon. Yeah, we were just saying like it's actually you know just a little different where you went with caffeine, I went with coffee infused flavor of this barrel aged beer from more. So you know, pretty much the same thing. It's it's like the same kind of buzz, right? Caffeine and alcohol. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, and just so people know, you know, maybe if you turn catching this later, um, apparently Twitter doesn't want to go live right now. So if you're unfortunately if you tried listening to this on Twitter before, I'm sorry. I'll keep it in the button trying to send it there eventually, but it's not going. Um, and you may notice uh, we're missing someone, Kyrie Thompson, who is supposed to be here, but he's not. So when he comes in, we'll hit live for him too. But more like meantime, Kyrie Jerkson, am I right? <laughs> but um, uh, I have too many things open right now to play the sound. I normally would, and I was not ready for that. Uh, but we got to dive into stuff because we got a lot of things on our plate. So, Danny, first off, oh, actually, I got to put that too. Um, DJ Moore, you are a bear. Uh, what are your thoughts on DJ Moore? That I can barely believe it. Uh, 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 uh. Sorry, I, I I know you're not prepared for these. No, I'm not. Wait, no, no. I I had to. I got there. We're already going off the rails. We're two minutes in. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's exciting, man. That he there. There was talks over certain receivers that could be available via trade. It was, you know, your typical uh, Nuke Hopkins on Arizona. There was talk like of along with Brandon Cooks was available at one point until he wasn't, kind of thing. And there was the rumbling of DJ Moore, but no one actually knew if they were going to because the speculation was if they were moving up to one, two, or three, whatever it might have been, it ended up being number one, obviously, that why would you give up the young quarterback if or the young wide receiver when you're drafting a young quarterback kind of thing? I can't believe it. The guy was the only receiver in football from 2019 to 21 season that had more than 1,200 yards of scrimmage each one of those years. So – it's hard to not like to pick up, especially because he's a man beater and he gets super open. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, forever, I know I was definitely one of the people that was shooting that down. I mean, I think it was, must have been last week I did uh, when we did the mock, I did a Panthers trade and I had Brian Burns as a part of it. And I started that by saying, I'd prefer DJ Moore in this, but I don't think it's going to happen. Let's put Brian Burns in because maybe he's more likely. But, you know, 
Panthers are going to do Panthers things apparently. And at the end of the day, you're starting a team, you need the quarterback. And if the thing preventing you from getting the quarterback is a DJ Moore, I got to do what you got to do. I, I can understand why they did it. I mean, it's hurts. It sucks. And for me, at least too, the, the crazy part is, you know, you hear these reports where DJ Moore is valued above a first round pick, right? Of teams like the Packers, another team I can't remember offered a first for him. You come, you put him in this deal. It's also, you know, was it a few, so you got the uh, future first, you got a future second and the DJ Moore on top of that, along with the currency you got for this year. That's a steal in my opinion. And when you have someone like him who, he does a lot of his work over the middle. He can definitely, he can go deep. I mean, he's going to be Justin's best friend. Yeah. Oh, hi, Kyrie. Hey, guys. How are we doing? Sorry. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. I'm just listening to you talk. Well, oh, I got you're, you're making great points. <laughs> you're just enjoying all of this? Yeah, no, yeah, seriously. I'm, I'm the kind of person that generally in conversation, um, I, I, I like to listen. I, I like to just take it in, and then if I've got something to say, I'll jump in. I was about to cut one of you off and be like, oh, yeah, you know, DJ Moore is awesome, but, I mean, come on, who wants that? Well, Kyrie, you can participate in this little mini game that we're going to throw in here uh, before we move <laughs> on to some free agency talk. Name the quarterbacks that have thrown a pass to DJ Moore in the NFL. So Kyle Allen was a Cam. Uh, yep. Yeah, PJ Walker, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. There's probably another bad one in there who I'm not remembering. Who is it? So you got a couple other bad ones in there. You have Taylor Heineke. Hey. You have Garrett Gilbert. You got Teddy Bridgewater. Hey, hey, do, do not disrespect the good name of SMU legend Garrett Gilbert. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. There's nothing legendary about that. I am sorry. Does he have the sick long flow out the back of the helmet at this point? No. No, he's really not. I mean, he, he was on the Patriots past, uh, practice squad this past year, so I, I saw a lot of Garrett Gilbert. I'm sorry. Um, you also have no one wants that in their life. <laughs> you also have Will Greer. I thought you already said PJ Walker, Sam Darnold, Baker, and then uh, Jacob Eason also was on that list. Oh yeah, he's still there, right? Yeah, I think he's like one of the only quarterbacks technically on the roster right now. Well, I think he's, a practice, I think he's a practice squad quarterback, and the only rostered one is Matt Corral from from Ole Miss. Yeah, there you go. That's awesome. Uh, you- Yay! But they're about to get they're about to get a quarterback. So good for y'all. Thanks, Anything guys. Else? Thanks for that, by the way. Thank you for DJ Moore. <laughs> Anything else you'd want to throw on uh, DJ Moore there, Kyrie, before we move on to some free agency talk? Basically, so I got to watch DJ Moore up close for two joint practices against the Patriots um, last year. And, it, okay, first of all, the Patriots cornerbacks are small, so that's probably part of the reason. But even compared to other guys that were out there, I'm surprised. Like, like he – I'm surprised that he's only like what six foot, 215 pounds or whatever it is. Because I swear, like when you watched him play, he looked like he was like six two, six three, two twenty five. Like the way that he plays, he plays big, he plays strong. He's just he looks like a man out there for sure. I mean, and it is theoretically possible the male body doesn't stop growing to like the age of twenty five, like bone wise. It is possible he grew a little bit. <laughs> So maybe he is 6'2". You never know. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sorry. I mean, it's mainly just an observation. Like, he'd be boxing people out for touchdown pass. He mossed a couple of people. I mean, he's just a straight-up yeah, oh. playmaker. And, again, he's out there throwing – catching passes from, from Darnold and Mayfield, who are both horrible, by the way. Good God, they sucked. 
But again, it's just like you throw the ball in the general direction of DJ Moore, and he's just making a play on it. it you know, that's just what he does. My favorite World War II general, general direction. Well done. Well, and I was watching a I'm, couple I'm, of those really highlights that, that were being put out today, right? Uh, last couple of days by the Bears. With and you're right, Kyrie. I mean, he just plays bigger than he is. Like he's just he's mossing these guys that he has no right mossing. It's 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 kind of crazy. And you also saw kind of the the growth of his game, you know, as a rookie, he did a lot of end arounds. He did a lot of those gadgety plays. And then all of a sudden they were like, Oh wait, we have a real receiver. Let's actually throw him the ball downfield. And then you like go watch the game of him playing. What is it? The Broncos where he's lining up almost exclusively against Patrick Sertan, the second, and mm-hmm. he is just eating his lunch. He's all abusing him all day. Game, even when he wasn't long. getting the ball. Yeah. <laughs> even when it's, he wasn't getting the ball, he was well, still, he yeah. was still taking them. Yeah. Just, Giving him the business. That's what it really was. And so that was the most probably important free agency ad, really, that that the Bears had. But uh, there were a couple of free agency things that did occur. Some people, some that we love, some that we hate. Uh, we're going to basically do a sentence or two on each of these just to give you an idea. Um, so, Kyrie, your brother from another mother and also entirely different last name, Blasting Game, got re-signed, and Patrick Scales. What is that? What does this do anything for the Bears? No, I mean, <laughs> it's special teams and, and, a, and a fullback. Yay. Occasionally we want to line it up in the eye and run it with Kari Blossom game. Good job. Um, that's about it for me. Uh, Kari Blossom game had a had his purpose. Like, he was a good blocker last year coming out of the backfield. Like He actually did his job well. It's just that's his job is very limited. Yes. <laughs> Though, I mean, I've heard people say that they should throw him the football a little bit more, which, eh, I don't know, maybe. I I did feel that. I mean, I'm not saying that as someone who consistently put a unit on him to catch a, be a, you know, catch a pass and a touchdown score almost every other game, and it never happened. <laughs> so, yeah, that's definitely not me trying to make that speak that into existence or anything. But, I mean, when you saw him do it, he's done it before. It's just for yeah. some reason the Bears <laughs> never wanted to just leak him in the flat. I don't understand why. <laughs> Maybe that's in uh, offense 202 this year, to use a Matt Nagyism. Oh, God, you're going to scar. Can we stop? Can we please stop? (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, moving past, we can just skip Patrick Scales. Great. Your long snapper is going to be the same. That's that's cool. More air guitar after a a sweet field goal. Um, One of the most important free agent updates, Sam Mustafer is a free agent, officially. I think that's pretty exciting. I think we need to stop bringing him up because he's going to find a way out of this roster at this rate. <laughs> and then his dad's going to come on and keep on trashing Justin. He'll probably trash Justin Fields no matter what. And there's and then they're going to sign PJ to the practice squad just so we can have all the Mustafers in, in, in Chicago. Oh, God. Hush. You hush now. Um, but the transition to people that they were actually signed, why, why don't we just start right with uh, this comment here? Isn't that what the new running back they signed was signed? Signed to do right, so that's going to be Travis Homer, running back previously of Seattle, two year, four point five million dollar deal, uh, coming in mainly a special teams guy, uh, but he's athletic. I mean, you've got his profile; he fits that holes mold. So, Danny, you know what? What do we expect out of Travis Homer? Um, kind of exactly what you alluded to. A lot of special team stuff, maybe some work on the third down or like in spell running back because I think they're going to take a very committee heavy approach. He's got juice. He's relatively like he's not small by any stretch i almost think of his signing kind of like benny cunningham season a few seasons ago where he was kind of brought in to be don't screw this up 
and play special teams. And he'll be here probably past his contract if he performs well. He's not going to cost a lot ever because he's never going to do a lot on offense. He's going to be there for spell work and to kind of be offensive DeAndre Houston Carson, for lack of a better word. Yeah, that's fair. And, I mean, I remember when he came into the league, his rookie year actually, that was the year when the Seahawks lost, like, every running back they had to IR, and they, like, signed Marshawn Lynch, who was, like (laughs) – 260 pounds or whatever by that point. And he's just like, okay, fine. Um, but Travis Homer was RB1 at that point. Because, again, literally they had no one else. Um, again, nothing spectacular out of that. But, I mean, he's a guy who will give him the ball, run hard. He, he will pass protect. He'll catch the ball when you throw it to him. He'll, he'll just, like you said, not screw it up if you put him on the field generally. And then, yeah, I think that's one thing where people will – get like upset like why are you even telling me about this signing who cares about it at all like you know sign like wake me up when we sign somebody decent it's like not every person that's going to be on your 53 man roster is going to be a superstar guys got to play special teams guys got to play roles travis homer plays a role and will play a role on this team and i think he'll he'll play it well and you'll draft a rookie you know i'm sure because I don't know that too many of the other running backs on last year's team are going to really be around. Um, you're going to you're going to draft a rookie, and Homer will probably be eventually be like RB three behind them and Khalil Herbert. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he even oh, said today Kevin. during his during his press conference, you know, why would you not want to play special teams? How much fun he has doing it, and that he loves pass protecting. Um, mm-hmm. That's literally what you the whole in Khalil Herbert's game is the fact that you, he cannot. You know what that is? So that's really that's a uh, coach's uh, pet. That's what that is. And that's why he's going to probably keep getting contracts. <laughs> yes. I mean, exactly. Cause that, that's the thing. Like at a certain point, special team, it's like when it's time to pass protect, like, great. That means I get to be on the field. I oh, get to do something. That's when I get to play. No, that, that, that was me. Like at the, at the end of like my high school career, I'm getting recruited to college. Like, yeah, I'm getting recruited to like play, you know, receiver or whatever. But I knew damn well that I was going to be playing special teams. That was going to be my role. <laughs> so it's like, yo, kickoff return, let's go. I am in. Right, rolling on. Uh, another comment that's going to lead us to our next person uh, from Jerome Munoz. I'm sorry if I butcher your name. Uh, Munoz. Anyway. Jeremy All right. Munoz. All right, peanut gallery. So I don't know everyone's <laughs> perfect inflection. Uh, they just released Trevor Simeon. Why do they do that? Because they signed PJ Walker. Two-year, $5 million deal, $1 million signing bonus. I personally believe this is awesome just because he's just going to fit the nice backup for Justin, right? I mean, if Justin does have to go down, if something happens, COVID's still a thing, all these various things, you have someone that you can still run the structure of your offense and not have Trevor Simeon stumbling around. Trevor did his job. He helped the Bears get that first-round pick. I salute you, sir, but we do not need you anymore. Yeah, and uh, he knows how to chuck it deep to DJ Moore. We know that. That he does. You know that. I mean, you think that would make a nice landing spot? I mean, just someone in the in the building that he knows and is a friend. That's kind of cool for DJ. And yeah. you know, just this. I know it's so easy to just say, "Well, get an athletic quarterback to plug behind Justin." Like you can have athletic quarterbacks who have no idea how to actually use their capabilities. They just are fast. DJ Shockley years ago from Georgia comes to mind. You know, he was just kind of an athlete who never played in the NFL, but with what Fields does and the growth that PJ showed over the last couple of years in Carolina, it's worth having a backup that has not obviously the traits Justin does, but traits in a similar vein. 
where they can where when he goes down, it's not like all right, well, we're gonna go from this offense that's gonna throw things deep and, and have some RPOs and quarterback powers and stuff. And here's Trevor Simeon, who is gonna operate in five to seven yards and throw the ball within two seconds of getting it. Yeah, and, and you know what? That that's the thing that maddens me about well, a couple of things. First of all, the fact that they Justin Fields' first year in the NFL was spent with like, oh yeah, Justin Fields, this is you know eventually gonna be your team. Oh, but by the way, we want you to play like Andy Dalton because that's what this offense is designed around. And to an extent, I mean, maybe you learn more about, okay, let me figure out how to play the quarterback position in this way, even though that's not necessarily my skill set. And maybe you learn some things from that. But that's frustrating to to kind of think about. We want the offense, you know, and, and the people that play after you to have it be cohesive. Like when the Ravens are going from Lamar Jackson to Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley's not as good as Lamar Jackson by any stretch of the imagination, but you don't necessarily have to change the offense, which just side note is a funny thing about people will be like, oh yeah, you know what? The the Patriots should draft a quarterback this year, like in the late rounds, which they should to, to keep on developing. But they'll be like, yeah, let's like Dorian Thompson Robinson. That'll be great. Just because he was at the Shrine Bowl with the Patriots. And it's like, yeah, I don't really think that that's that's what we're talking about here. Like, go I would think something like Aiden O'Connell would be yeah. my guess, but that's me. I, I yeah, no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, draft that kind of guy. Um, actually, as a matter of fact, I feel like Aiden O'Connell. Like, I have selected him for mock drafts for the Patriots before. But yeah, like, love love Dorian Thompson Robinson. The fact that he's a skinny dude who can throw the ball like sixty-five miles an hour, but yeah. and he's like sixty-eight years old in college still. Uh, that was like the rest. JT Barrett years ago at Ohio State. JT Barrett's six he years. He's still, still starting. <laughs> he might be. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, the rest of these, we're going to rapid fire through. I'm going to ask y'all, give me one thing you like, one thing you don't like about the signing. Uh, Andrew Billings, defensive tackle, one year, $3.5 million, $2.4 million guaranteed, likely playing the one tech in this uh, defense. Danny, what's one thing you like about it, one thing you don't like about it? I like the fact that it's a run-stopping defensive lineman, and the Bears had a historically bad run defense last year, so you get that. I mean, the thing you don't like about it is it's he's very limited, and he's not been healthy for the better part of the two of the last three seasons. And you're not of use to any team when you're on the training table, right? Best ability is availability. Uh, Kyrie, what about you? Yeah, big space-eating guy that's going to keep – linemen off of your you know ultra fast linebacker and you know Tremaine Edmonds and you know guys like TJ Edwards as well that's wonderful love that um and again generally like kind of all-around solid player in a rotational role yeah it would be great to have somebody who could also stay on the field and rush the passer more consistently and you know you're not going to have to you know, it, basically, you're you're going to have to draft guys, you know, to, to fill that role or sign more people because, yeah, Billing's great, but uh, he's not it. Uh, we'll, we'll keep rolling with you, Kyrie. So now you mentioned that speedy linebacker, you know, Tremaine Edmonds, four-year, $72 million deal that was $50 million guaranteed per source, uh, largest four-year contract for an inside linebacker in the NFL, uh, one positive, one negative, because we could spend 30 minutes talking about him. So, Freak athlete, fast long really had his best year last year as especially as as a coverage guy explosive hits well and i think can function well in in this kind of four three cover two style of defense um would have loved more consistency from him and i also think 
and this is this is almost like kind of tangential, but the discussion around the the contract and the signing is just like, okay, I need to take a break from this because we don't know if he's going to be the Mike or Will because they haven't practiced yet. I'm not concerned about it. Could we please God stop melting down over it? That, that's 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 my, that's my feeling. Thank you, Christ. Sure. Like get 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 good players, plug them in, and also flexibility. Whatever, Danny. You uh, one good uh, thing, one bad thing, or concern. One, I guess. one good thing, the youth, and he should be on the proverbial upswing. I don't believe he's yet twenty five. He will be going into the season, mm-hmm. but he is very very young. He was a football infant coming into the NFL, and I believe he came into this. I, I think his and I think his big brother Terrell Edmonds was a first round pick that year as well, if memory serves. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, he was like in the twenties. Yeah, by Pittsburgh, I want to say. Yep. But still there. Um, well, good for him. <laughs> Lasting in the league. Um, but that's the real big thing. The thing that scares me. I don't really care about the deal. It's not the money that's ever going to worry me. I'm always wary of guys who are great coming off of a, the contract year, so to speak. And he was more bordering on bust territory prior to the 22 season than he was. I'm an 18 million dollar a year linebacker. Um. And I always kind of worry about that. And then uh, we were kind of discussing it, and Quentin, Quentin uh, Crisco, Butkus stats pointed out that his PFF grades went nose diving when when uh, Von Miller was not in the lineup. So it it doesn't mean that because this it's that, but it's very weird that when the Hall of Fame edge defender is no longer wreaking havoc, that the linebacker is then struggling. Just continues to show that it continues to show that any football team and any side of the ball, everything feeds off each other. We always talk about like, well, the D line needs to be dominant so the linebackers can flow, but at the same time, right, the back end has to be solid so that the D line can get after the quarterback. It's it just shows you just need consistency on on all fronts. Um, One thing I'd want to bring up on Edmonds is that you know it is interesting because his 0.6 yards per coverage snap allowed last season was the third best among linebackers, um, and that his 39% run stop win rate was ninth best. Uh, and like you said, he, it was a great season. But if you go the season fantastic. before that, that that wasn't there. So what what is is it just all of a sudden he went from infant toddler or, or our NFL toddler all of a sudden to, you know, NFL teenager and now he's still growing or was this like a, a blip? So we'll we'll have to see. Hey, a couple you know, other guys. Maybe his, maybe his uh, you know, prefrontal cortex just needed to mature a little bit more. Oh, Jesus. That could be no reality. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, we got Nate Davis, guard, three-year deal, $30 million with 19.25 guaranteed. Uh, he actually played for current Bear assistant O-line coach Luke Steckel in Tennessee. Uh, he's only 26 years old, years old and started 54 games for the Titans. Danny, good, bad? I think it's I think it's a real good signing overall. I mean, he obviously has familiarity with Steckel. Younger, the, the I guess the negative would be the, the questions it causes along the line because you – you're effectively then pushing Tevin Jenkins to a new position after he's just getting comfortable at right guard while recovering from back surgeries, while recovering from a, a multitude of other injuries. And now you're asking him to potentially get kicked back out to right tackle or moved over to left guard because Nate Davis has literally not taken a snap at not right guard in the NFL. That's what his position is. He is a 3,706 right at right and zero at left. So there you go. I think it's a good signing. I think it's at market value. Like that's kind of what what playable starting guards go for is that ten to twelve million dollar range now. 
it's hard to get mad at the signing. It just creates other problems and questions on the line because now you're going to start getting into this thing of you're playing lineman musical chairs of who's playing where and whatnot. Okay, good, bad. It's like they always say best, you know, starting five, put them out there, except that there's got to be an optimal mix of (laughs) what that best starting five is and what everybody's best at. I, when I watch him play, I like him. I think he's solid. I think that he moves well and and fits the offense from that standpoint. Um, Solid in pass pro. There were a couple of reps where I'm just like, ooh, that wasn't even really that good of a move. I don't want to see you getting beat by that. But that was, those were kind of like blips on the radar screen. And by and large, he, you know, is pretty solid. So, no, I think, I think this is, this is one of those kind of underrated, very solid signings and it helps the interior of your offensive line, which I think is probably the most important part of the offensive line for Justin Fields and for really most quarterbacks. We're going to be honest, uh, the lack of positional versatility, that that's my thing. It's not that he can't see the thing is We don't know they can't play left guard. And that he mentioned like, oh yeah, I played some left guard back in college or whatever, but I'm kind of like, okay, it's been a while (laughs) since you were there. So uh, again, I would, if I'm going to pick where I would rather somebody be comfortable, if you're going to keep Tevin Jenkins, keep him at right guard and make Nate Davis play the left or see if he can do that. If you're ambivalent on Tevin Jenkins, then I guess you go ahead and trade him and put Nate Davis at right guard. But if I'm going to be honest, I'd rather not have to open that can of worms right now. For those who care, uh, number 15 Princeton just beat number two Arizona in, in the March Madness. That's just amazing. After uh, Furman beat, who was it? Virginia. Uh, Virginia. And I, I would guess there I are... picked both of those upsets. I was going to say, I bet we're down to like 0.8% of all brackets. Oh, brackets. Being I'm going to fill one out this year. <laughs> I did two for my wife's job. And she's like, do you want to fill these out? as just like a whatever. I was like, sure. <laughs> Keeping it now back to the NFL, we got two more to run through real quick. Uh, Demarcus Walker, defensive lineman, uh, mainly played a little more on the outside, but can kick inside, $21 million, three-year deal, $16 million guaranteed. Um, as I said, about three four quarters of his snaps were at D end, while one quarter was at D tackle. Uh, Kyrie, good bad. Um, like the positional versatility, uh, the the opposite of the the Nate Davis, the fact that he can play inside and out. I honestly, I know people talk about him. Yeah, he's a, he's a defensive end, run stopping defensive end. I feel like I like him more almost inside as as a rotational three tech. <laughs> I feel like the way that he plays, the quickness that he has, and the fact that he doesn't really have, at least from what I can see, like very well-defined pass rush moves, I feel like he works best inside where he could just use his quickness because, you know, he's got good get off. He's got good side to side agility, you know, swipe moves, get past a, you know, guard or center. Um, and again, I would say that the downside is there isn't yet a whole lot of variety to his game. He kind of is based off of, you know, again, like, you know, quick hands, violent hands and motor but the refinement needs some work. And I think if he had that, he'd be a little bit more productive, especially pass rushing. Danny. I actually would kind of t- kind of like piggyback on what Kyrie is saying. I really like the production he had in limited snaps. He only got, I want to say, 30 or so percent of the snaps yeah. in that Titans defense. 37, I think, was the number I saw. I could be off on that. I'm going purely off memory. Yeah, I think I think it was 37%. And, yeah, good limited yeah production. Limited. So seven sacks and 37%, of, I mean – 
it's not to say like, oh, if he plays 80% of snaps, he's got to get 14 sacks. That's not what that's saying. He might have just been playing cleanup for all we know. But the, the production is there. The pressure rate was there. And kind of like what Kyrie said is the, the, the versatility of – I think they're going to be targeting a lot more of these versatile, like almost replacement level, good, not great linemen on defense because they don't have anyone that's special. You're going to see them almost probably churning out like obviously not what the Eagles are because the Eagles had just so many great bodies that they could just throw at you. But like maybe some version of that or the Bears iteration where it's like, here's a here is eight average defensive linemen. Here they come. (laughs) And just so you always have competency running through you know? your job yeah god Thibodeau is in my brain now <laughs> well and, and that aligns in theory to an extent with Flus's system whether you're talking about hits whether you're talking about Eminem right mean and motor like all these different things he has the systems exist like they do and they've existed as long as they have for a reason is because to an extent at least they work and the, one of the reasons they work is because you get a lot out of a little right you don't need a you don't right. need these blue chip guys all over the field you can get a lot more out of potentially like you're saying, Hey, we're just going to keep rolling guys at you over and over again and see which one gets hot that game. And then we'll roll with that one for, you know, a prolonged period and then we'll rotate it on the next game. So who knows? Lastly, former Eagle linebacker, TJ Edwards, who was the very first signing that wasn't already a bear, uh, inked a three-year deal, $19.5 million, 12 million guaranteed. In 2022, he had 159 tackles, two sacks, seven pass deflections, 10 tackles for loss, and was a top-graded linebacker according to PFF with an 84.8 grade. He was an undrafted free agent who really they kept trying to replace, and as they did that, they just could never do it because he just kept playing well. Uh, Danny, good thing, bad thing? The good thing is I actually think he's also ascending right now. He's, what, 27, I believe, going on 28, so he should be, in theory, entering the the area of his career where the physical prime meets the mental prime of where his abilities are going to be meeting at the apex, as it were, to make him the best player he's been. Now, obviously, we need to see where the defensive line fills out because you're only going to have so much that you can do as a linebacker if giant men are in your way as you're trying to make plays. But it's hard not to like. He's probably, my, to this moment, my favorite free agent signing they've made, and he's also the first one they made. Um, as Mason, you said, you, you don't know which one is playing which yet, if, if Edmonds is Mike or Will or – you know, flip-flop it with Edwards. But I just think that they made probably the best signing that they could have for this defense in terms of, like, the headiness, the production, the the really the steady incremental improvement over his career. Like you said, they kept trying to get rid of him, and they just couldn't. I guess the downside, he's just not athletic. He's moxie and intelligence and film study, and I guess the cherry on top for him overall is – He's, he grew up a Bears meatball. Like, he stood in line and stuff. Like, he's – and that endears, endears, endears himself to people like us because what are we? We're fans. And we all been there where it's like, I want to meet Lance Briggs. You know, who doesn't? Uh, Kyrie, anything to add? I basically just found myself thinking, yeah, so he's black sandborn is what you're saying. Um, <laughs> I think he might be a little more athletic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but but it, it's interesting though because right, both of them came into the league. You know, they went to the same school, and then they come into the league undrafted, and they're kind of showing people like, yeah, athleticism is nice, but you know, when you're playing linebacker, some especially off-ball linebacker, sometimes it's more important for you to just be smart, get where you're going, uh, you know, and know how to get there and finish when when you do. Um, 
I, again, I think that just having a another just savvy, smart linebacker with experience that has been productive for a long time in the NFL is just something that that team just did not have last year. You're out there trying to you go roll with like Nick Morrow, right? And and it's like nothing against him, but he's not the player that really any of those guys, either the guys that just signed or like even Jack Sanborn are. So I think I feel so much better about this linebacking crew than I did before. I think the only other, the only thing I would say negatively is like the athleticism part kind of limits what you can do with him scheme wise, which again goes back to the whole, is he the mic? Is he the will? And if it looks like he doesn't have the sideline to sideline enough to clean things up as a will, then I feel like you're going to have to reevaluate that. But again, maybe him just being smart, knowing where the football is going. I've seen linebackers like, you know, I'm not saying he's on this level, but a guy like Dante Hightower, who just straight up when the ball is snapped, he knows where the ball's going. You could see the reaction before everybody else. Like guys are still like kind of taking their steps and figuring it out. And he's like, no, I'm going now. Um, that can also mitigate the you know lack of athleticism. So we'll, we'll see how it turns out. I mean, the, so kind of before we move on, the only thing I can keep thinking of, which I'm not saying we don't know, we don't know where they're going to line them up. My intuition would say just because of the linebackers of a couple years back when he was in, in Indy as the coach, Anthony Walker is very much the same thing. Not great athlete, short, little arms, and he was the Mike, whereas uh, Shaq Leonard was the Will. And if you look at the body types and everything, that just seems like what they're going for. And it's just like maybe they're trying it the other way because they feel like maybe they owe it to the big money acquisition to play the, you know, the, be the signal caller, as it were, and the middle linebacker. But I don't know because even then, TJ Edwards was the green dot on the Philly defense last year. So, yeah, I mean, in the end, it gives you two guys that you can trust, right? Either yeah. one of them could be the green dot. Either one of them can probably play either position in a pinch. So in the end, it I, I feel like it can't be bad. You know, we'll we'll see how it turns out. But I, I mean, these, these guys these guys are going to be probably hopefully be fine wherever you put them. It's just a matter of finding out where they play best. Well, it's funny because when Edwards was signed, you know, Jack Sanborn tweeted out just you know three badger emojis. Uh, just probably excited that his buddy was coming. And then imagine being Sanborn sitting there and then you see the Edmonds news trickle over, whether it's a phone call or a tweet, and you're just like, well, damn, I just lost my main job. Well, he'll still be a starter. <laughs> Great. Yeah, you're the Sam. The Sam barely as, plans. As of, as of right now, he's a starter. But, hey, they could draft a guy. I think they will draft a guy. Is is Ooh. there – is there? okay, first, this made me think, did you all watch the remake of The Longest Yard? Yes. Yeah, the, the, with Adam Sandler. And yeah, Bert so you Bell. know when, like, all the terrible people are there, and then all of a sudden, like, all the black dudes come, and then Bruce is sitting there, and it's like, there goes my playing time. Yeah. <laughs> That's, like, pretty much what happened to yeah. Sanborn. That's Jackson. <laughs> He's Bruce. He's just like, ah, oh, dang it. <laughs> I was glad I was here first. Um, there's one question I do want to highlight uh, here, because I know that none of us, spoiler alert, drafted a cornerback at nine, so we're not going to specifically talk about this. Is there a chance the corner that the Bears go cornerback at nine? Sure. Why not? Yeah, there's a chance. I don't think it's a high one personally, but there's a chance. If his, I think name, is, if his name is Devin Witherspoon, then yes. Uh, Ooh, see, I would say if his name is Chris, Christian Gonzalez, I'd say yes. Also true. because <laughs> I, don't, I, like, I just don't think he's getting past the lines. 
yeah, probably not. But he was the first corner tape I threw on this year. And I was just like, well, that's a high bar. Oops, a daisy. Yeah. Yes. And, and before we move on to a quick uh, go over the polls presser stuff, um, is there a world that exists where you have the two guys, Edwards and Edmonds, and there's an, there's a bit of an interchangeability between them where, sure. you know, you have, they flow in and out of those two positions because they have the ability simply to. That's, what I, that's what I just said. Yeah. I think. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean like why, why nail them down in like any sport where you almost want your, your four or three linemen to kind of all do the same thing and be able to just like kind of move them around to create matchup problems. It's like, I don't know how far along we are in the NFL defensive world of like a team just going to a bunch of guys full of Derwin James's like just these guys that are six, three, two forty, and can do whatever. It's like, I don't think any team's ever going to do that. Cause someone's just going to pick on you. Could it be a, be a bully, but it's like, it's like a, what the Raptors are the, are the NBA equivalent of it. Right. Where they're just rolling out a bunch of six, eight dudes. And it's like, all right, see what we can do. Yeah. All right. So for the, we're going to go over the polls press conference really quick. Uh, we do got to get to this mock draft, which is the meat and potatoes of this. Um, so basically, basically, I'm going to give one of you a quote from Ryan Poles, and you're going to react. Like, what do you think about that quote? The other person, you don't get to talk. I'm sorry. You get the next quote. <laughs> so uh, let's go with Kyrie regarding, you know, why there's really not a lot of movement on the offensive line and defensive line. I think you can get in trouble if you go heavy with a big lead and you fire away there and you let really good players walk away. Because you're too stuck on where you need to get players. Edmonds and Edwards are really good and at the top of their position. Reaction. I mean, ultimately, I agree with that. At the same, like, I'm not going to sit up here in front and say that I, you know, don't want to see them sign an offensive tackle or another guard because I do. I feel like what he's done both with the offensive line and defensive line, Connor or kind of mentioned it best that, uh, you know, he knew that the that the values were going to go crazy on those positions, and they really have. Um, guys are getting paid crazy money. And then if you're not going to do that, if you want to be patient on that and just find good players, then you need to find the good players where they are. And then that means that once you get your offensive linemen and defensive linemen, well, then the rest is ready-made, and you got playmakers ready to go. So I get it, and, and I personally – feel like that is a a solid way to do it you just can't not take care of the other stuff eventually all right danny for you uh ryan paul's in the new edition of nate davis we're going to put the best front five out there um i think that's a really interesting quote because it leads me to believe that a they're not done signing people and b that they're probably not done drafting people like they're, this this isn't a very incomplete product. Mm-hmm. The, the only two that I think can pencil in for anything is Nate Jones and Braxton Jones. You mean or Nate, Nate Davis? Davis. <laughs> Nate Davis and Braxton Jones. Just Nate, changing the man's name. Damn. You know, just I had Braxton Jones on the brain already. Nate Davis and Braxton Jones. That's I true. Don't, I don't know that Cody White here is going to be here post June first because all it takes is a John Michael Schmitz or Luke Whipler getting drafted. And goodbye, White Hair. Because it sounded like they might try him at try him at center and his left guard days might be over. That means you're pushing Jenkins over to the left side. And we don't know that he can do that. And we don't know that he's healthy. Like it's just such a, there's so many question marks about him and that 
his health? Does he fit in at Hallis Hall based on what we heard coming out of there last year? Do they even like him? Like, he's not their player. They inherited him. Yes, he was their best line last year. That's also being, like, the smartest kid in summer school. Like, it doesn't make him good or smart. It just makes him there. Like, so I think there's going to be someone drafted. I think they might sign someone else. I don't know if it's going to be a guard or a tackle. you got to keep in mind that Clay Harbor tweet of they would like to pair Edwards and Siamalu as former teammates together in Chicago. Maybe that's a, a way to go. You fix that interior all of a sudden with Siamalu and right and uh, Nate, da- Nate, Nate Davis at right guard, and all of a sudden you might be – as Roquan Smith used to say, cooking with grease on the interior. Especially because Braxton got better as the year went along. Like every four games, yes. you saw complete improvement from Braxton Jones. Yes. Also, yes, Ian Cunningham, do your thing. This is why you are here. Bring us all the former <laughs> Eagles. Seriously, just, we'll, take, we'll take them all at this rate. Uh, Kyrie, last next quote, Ryan Poles and Tremaine Edmonds. He's special, long, and fits the scheme. Sure. He's not, he's wrong. He's correct. Right. I mean, he's got some special skills. He is a gigantic dude and he, I think would fit this in terms of his, his ability to move and and his length. Right. I mean, yeah, I think that's kind of a no brainer to me. I feel like it's just a matter of they signed him to a contract that suggests that he could be one of the best linebackers in the game. Uh, Y'all, I hope y'all are right. That's all I got to say. I mean, because it, it seems like they're like, in our system, the way that we coach it, the way we put him in a position to succeed, he'll be awesome. So make him awesome then. Danny, wrap us up. Speaking of scheme, uh, Orlando Brown was brought up in the press conference specifically, uh, and Ryan Poles said, I'm not going to talk about specific players, but scheme is important. I mean, I think that we all kind of know that. He clearly has a type, tall, athletic, and uh, – wingspan right so he filled two-thirds of them and in this case he wasn't meatloaf two out of three wasn't was wasn't bad it was terrible um so i mean would i have personally given him a look yeah probably because i think he's a solid if not unspectacular left tackle but he clearly was dead set on staying there they didn't want to move he didn't have any interest in flipping sides so that clearly I was wrong on a thought process and that's okay. I'm going to be wrong a lot, whether it be on bears thoughts, football thoughts, or in my personal life, it's just the nature of it. But I think that that's a very telling one. And especially when you're looking at potential guys, they could even sign or guys that they could draft. Like I'm curious, like the case study where for the team Kyrie covers in Isaiah win, because he's got long arms and he's a good athlete, but he's like six two. Yeah. So it just makes me wonder what he'd be on the radar. Yeah. And that just goes to show when you're looking at mock drafts, when you're looking at the rest of these free agency, just like Danny said, you have to factor scheme into that. If it's someone don't that mock, you know, don't mock Dewan Jones to the bears. It's not <laughs> yeah. I did that for funsies last week. And I said it literally from the get go. I was like, I hate this. I did. I did this. I'm regretting that I did this, but this is what I picked. And then I moved on with my life. Um, I'm never doing that again. Um, but we're going to take a quick break here and then we're going to get into our mocks that we keep talking about. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so we got mock draft 4.0. Danny and I have done essentially four of these. And of course, now we are we're lucky enough that Kyrie's gonna throw his two cents into in terms of what he would do if he was the Bears GM. Uh, Keep in mind, Danny and I cannot repeat players. So one of your favorite picks might be sitting there and we have to ignore them. Uh, we're This is an exercise in trying to get as much information out to y'all as possible about players you may not have heard of, not just creating the same mock over and over and over again and shoving that in your face because what is the point of that? The strong uh, side eye of Kyrie's face on that photo is <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> so I ended up going first in this ultimately because – I'm sitting there, and this is how I do I do these every time. I do a bunch of practice mocks just messing around for funsies. And then, oh, yeah. and then I get there and I say, this is the mock. I'm sitting down. I hit go. I'm, this is it. I don't care what trades are available, you know, even if I think it's realistic or not, whatever. I'm doing this. So I'm the first two rounds, I always have it on slow. I'm sitting there. Pick one goes by. And I think it was Stroud. Pick two goes by. was Young. Pick three goes by. They took The Cardinals took Tyree Wilson. Pick four goes by, pick five goes by, which I think was Jalen Carter to the Seahawks. Obviously, that's a whole thing now. We can dive into that at some other time. I don't want to talk about Jalen Carter today. Um, six and then seven, and I said, you know what? I'm going to make a trade. So I sent my ninth pick to move and moved up two spots. I sent pick four, uh, pick 133, round four. Honestly, the the mock was saying it was too much, too much I was giving up. So does you can see that on the grade there. I have a hard time believing I'd have. I could give up too much, too much less to move up the two spots. Honestly, I thought that was probably too little. Two cares, whatever. That's what I gave up. Um, and I went and uh, I got my guy, Will Anderson. Oh, you finally again, stopped you can, saving him. I've been. Here's the thing: I was saving him for so damn long, and then they moved back to nine. And I'm like, this, this is it. This is the only time I'm gonna be able to take him anymore. And again, I, do I think it's the most likely thing to happen? No, I don't. But that's how the board felt. Like. Four quarterbacks went early. You had Jalen Carter go early. Uh, Tyree, uh, you know, Cardinals fell in love with Tyree Wilson's wingspan he had standing there at the combine. Like, he failed to pick seven. I'm going to take him, right? So there's not a lot I'm going to say on him. If he's sitting there at seven, you're, you'd be stupid not to. You know, six foot three, 253 pounds, ran a four six at the combine. He practiced, He went with the linebackers, which I think was just his way of seeing, like, look how awesome I am. I can run with these linebackers even though I'm an edge uh, you know, his freshman year, he made, he had 52 tackles uh, and seven sacks, which is wild, right? And he won the Bronco Nagarski trophy as the nation's top defender. Uh, he led the FBS with 34.5 tackles, 17 and a half sacks. I mean, his get off juice to attack the corners, wild. Athleticism closing burst to hunt on the quarterbacks when the play extends. Amazing lateral fluidity, body control, efficiency, and change of direction, top notch. Every once in a while, his motor ramps down as the play extends. He needs to work on his hip tightness. Like, that's something. He needs to get into physical therapy off or something because his hips are wildly tight, in my opinion. Uh, he needs intention, a little higher uh, rushing the passer 
than he he puts more attention on rushing the passer than is stopping the run. Like that's just something that I think he's going to grow into more. To me, he's he's Demarcus Ware Jr. Um, and if he's sitting there somehow at seven, obviously yes, you should go get him. You said get off juice, let the record show. Pause. <laughs> the the best get off juice. Um, John, as I said, uh, they got Jalen Carter, uh, the Seahawks. Just who knows what's happening there, but whatever. It, it happens. Um, any thoughts before we move on to the next next pick? You summed up the probable best player in the draft pretty well. Yeah, I think it's just kind of obvious. If that happened, holy crap. Oh, my God, right? Uh, but so Danny also <laughs> decided to do a trade. <laughs> oh um, talk us through this trade, Danny. <laughs> Uh, not, um, not the player, just the thought process on the trade. Uh, um, the thought process was the way the board fell. I don't remember the, the exact one off the top of my head. I didn't write it down. I didn't like go and take a screenshot of it because I don't care enough to do it. Um, I was just like, oh, let's go explore the trades. It was like down to, I think I was down to 11. And it was like, I don't really want to move down on the two spots. I want to make it worth my while and see if maybe the board falls away. I could kind of ju- justify and go from there. I was like, all right, well, who's next? Steelers were the next one up. I'm like, okay, what's a realistic trade I could make? So I was like 17, 49 to get back into the top half of round two again. And then a, a mid fourth seems reasonable. It, was, it t- ended up being like an, an 84%. I could have gone for more. Cause you realize like, once they think it's like 52%, they're not saying no, they're just going to be like, Oh yeah, cool. That's fine. But I was just like, I don't want to just take them for a ride because it defeats the purpose of it. And I was like, okay, number nine for a four and a two and moving back eight spots. Sure. Why not? Let's see how it goes. And this happened. It did, but he moved so far back that he doesn't get to go again for a little bit. <laughs> so because Kyrie didn't do that. Uh, Kyrie did a trade and ended up getting, oh, you're a jerk. <laughs> this man. I mean, not not a not a whole lot of notes needed on this one. That is your potential left tackle of the future. In this particular case, maybe you are putting him on the right side, which he does have experience playing on the right side. He played right guard before moving to left tackle. So you could put him at right tackle if you wanted to, or you could slide Braxton Jones over to the left side. I mean, there there are a number of ways that you could do this, but I think his upside is incredible. His Arms are incredibly long. He's fluid. He has, I think, very nice patience and technique. Oh, he's so patient. And, and I mean, I, I just when I'm watching him, I was just like, oh yeah, no, this guy's gonna, this guy's gonna be good. You just go ahead and get him a little bit more strength and and just a little bit more coaching at the pro level, and you could absolutely see this guy being an All Pro one day. So to me, that's a no brainer. He. I mean, well, okay, it wasn't quite a no-brainer because my favorite receiver was on the board and I didn't take him. I would really want to do, but this this is arguably the, the more important thing to do given where the Bears are right now and the fact that they have a really stacked receiving core as it is right now. In another iteration, maybe I will take Jackson Smith and Jigba, though. I wouldn't blame me if you did. Now Danny right. gets to go since he traded it's so far back to pick 17. Oh, and I'm, I'm going to upset everybody. Bijan! <laughs> okay. Well, now that everyone can get mad at me, Kyrie has left the building. He's done with me. 
So, in my humble, dumb opinion, Bijan's a top. Bijan's a top four or five prospect in his entire draft. He's just depressed down due to positional value, which is a thing. We already got a shake in my head. Perfect. G Seven is is shaking his head at Danny's pick. And you know what, G Station? I don't give a damn because this isn't your draft. This is my draft. Um, (laughs) it's undeniable he can catch the ball. He's a wheel rot nightmare out of the backfield. He's probably the most well-rounded running back prospect we've had since Saquon Barkley. And Barkley went number what two overall because Dave Gettleman is real smart. Um. There's not much he can't do. The thing he really lacks is like the same thing I said about Zeke when he was drafted at seven coming out of Ohio State. He's fast. He's not holy shit fast, but everything else he can do well. He challenges on blocks. He catches the ball. He runs hard. He's got good feet. He's agile. He He's strong. He finishes runs. He's in the embodiment of a perfect modern-day running back just isn't super fast. At 17, I know it would upset people, but I think it's – a reasonable place to go if you just want to say, hey, give me the best damn football player who's going to help this team right now. Well, and I agree with that, Danny. One thing that's interesting, you know, John uh, says Gibbs is a better fit for for, uh, us. What my response to that will to get, do you know you're going to be able to get Gibbs? Is that a guarantee? Because you're not taking Gibbs at 17, you know, where you trade it back to. So, you know, if you are dead set on improving your running back room and this is where you're at, you go, you go get a dude that, you know, I wouldn't have taken him here, but you know, power to you. And again, I'm not saying this is what I would do. It was just an option because I had already taken my other options before. Like I can't yeah. just keep taking the same guys. As much as I guess the rules. Yes. You know, you know, my, my, la- my only note on this is uh, I, I appreciate going out on the limb I will say that the longer I had time to think about it, the more I was like, that would be, that would be a terrible, like bit of process at the same time. I can't even say that I hate it as much as I first did when I saw it. And I was just like, you gotta be kidding me because I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. Look, look at, look at what they've been talking about, right? Like get the players when they're available. If you were at, 17 i would i would just as soon draft like zay flowers or something you know more important position but Bijan is a way better player than zay flowers and probably a way better player than anybody else at that range and that's you. what it was i was looking at everything else and it was like it was the literal guy you said you wouldn't draft and that was dewan jones i was just literally staring at dewan like i i can justify it he's a right tackle and he's really good but <laughs> but, but he doesn't but he doesn't belong in chicago Right. Right. And that's the thing. You can make the argument that he doesn't quote unquote belong in Chicago, but he's a, my, like I said, I can, I think he's going to finish as the fourth best player in my, in my rankings in the entire I draft. Mean, here's the thing. Dijon would belong anywhere. Like, let's be real. Yes. He doesn't, he doesn't have a place where he can't go and just be like, all right, cool. Here I am. <laughs> can, can we take a second though? And, and put the meatball hat on and just imagine the backfield of Justin Fields with Bijan, with with Khalil Herbert, and just the rushing attack that that would provide. I mean, everybody wanted Saquon, right? Like, 
or, or well, not, not everybody, I shouldn't say, but people were like, oh, yeah, you should go ahead and franchise Saquon. Well, you could go ahead and essentially draft him this year if you wanted to. I honestly, there's a part of me, there, there is a 1% part of me that wants something like that to happen so that our friends can absolutely melt down. Oh, my just God. Lose it, just absolutely lose their I, damn minds. Because you, look, you, I'm a chaos agent. I love it. I laugh. And you. And you also have to understand for the people flaming me right now in our comment section, good Lord. <laughs> I am the running back and linebacker guy. I like old positions. It's just my brand. Like, again, my mock, not yours. Bite me. <laughs> I know. Marcos is in here freaking out. Like, again, we've done – this is our fourth one. This is, this is has taken so many – People this like already. Is what like, wants from you. He wants. Oh my that. god! Calm down. All right, we're moving on. Bijan, get off the screen. Should have drafted uh, Darnell right, Danny. <laughs> Jesus, you uh, dumb son of a bitch. Danny, hopefully your next pick doesn't piss off Marcos so much. Uh, round <laughs> two, pick forty nine. Tell him. Tell Marcos. This guy's been drafted by the way three times already. I drafted him. Q drafted him last week, and now you are. Okay, so here's the guy I would actually. If you're telling me I had to pick one tackle that isn't going to be in the first round for the Chicago Bears specifically. It's probably Matthew Bergeron. I don't really need to recap him too much. Um, he's 6'5". He's got 33 and, a qu- and three-quarter inch arms, so he meets the length threshold. He's a good athlete. He's clearly still learning the position a little bit, but I don't think it's anything that some coaching can't solve where you would have then two really long athletic tackles on the on each bookend, and it would make life a lot easier when you're not paying a, a tackle yet. It might take a year for him to get there. It might You might see the development in season similar to Braxton Jones, but I like what we've seen from him to this point, especially because he is a really good athlete and he moves around well. He tested well. He moved, he moved around well on his tape for Syracuse. It's I think it's kind of an easy plug-and-play scenario in terms of this is the, the type that he looks for. This is the guy. I don't know what you did, Danny. Like, I don't know if you didn't like put out a fire at this guy's apartment or something, but Marcos doesn't like anything that you're doing right now. Um, I love Bergeron. I took him, I think, in the first or second mock. I mean, not just the fact what he does at tackle, but he's got a lot of flexibility. Q did a really good job breakdown on this last uh, episode, too, so go check that out. But, I mean, he can go tackle. He can go guard. He's young. He's got the mobility skills. He hasn't really tapped into fully what his potential is going to be. I really like him as a, as a prospect. Yeah. It's picking up some steam um, that I'm seeing in, in kind of, he, he's climbing boards and that's why at 49, cause I figured he could, you, you could see him go top 50. Now he was at the back end of two early three, and now he's just slowly climbing up boards. Indeed. Okay. Thomas Bell said, what about uh, uh, the BT uh, from Northwestern? Man, I thought he was next. Darn it. Oh, sorry. I'll leave it for the, He's coming. Shh. Shut the hell up. So before we get there, uh, Kyrie, you don't get to talk in this segment, by the way, because some reasons that you and I know. Oh, uh, you wait. You wait your turn. Uh, so round two, <laughs> pick 54. I went with Joe Tittman center. Uh, obviously, main reason is, first of all, let's look at the hair. Uh, that should be a round one hairstyle, but he fell to two. So we'll take it. 6'6", 313 pounds, two-year starter at Wisconsin. Uh, can play in a variety of run schemes, including zone. Taller center, so uh, but can bend to maintain his leverage most of the time. Pretty fluid blocker that can make some pretty wide pulls and can get to the second level, which is going to be huge. Many have noted he has a f- high football IQ, communicates really well. Can, can I can I break in 
Bears yes. are signing Robert Tanyan. Oh. Oh, boy. Oh. Yeah, Shefty just broke it. Okay. Um, didn't... Lit. Bobby Tanyan, another Chicago area kid. This is this feels like pandering because we're not signing big names, so let's sign people that we are familiar with from the area. Right. <laughs> That is so interesting. Okay, um, I mean, he's I, different. He is different from. Uh, he's. I mean, he's different from Cole. He's a different kind of player. So he is. I mean, right? They they, they play quite differently. Um, and when he had his big year before his ACL injury, I believe his ACL he had, exploded. Um, yeah. he. I mean, he was a nice seam threat for Rodgers. So uh, I'm surprised he's not going with, to the Jets. Familiar with the system, but yeah. How is he not? Um his list uh, excellent point joe treviso getsy guy yep <laughs> but yeah that i mean that's a good break in a uh, one-year deal it looks like oh boy here he comes <laughs> um wow so interesting all right uh thanks for that and so back to 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 flow tree here um so the one of the some of the negatives for him is he can get a bit too far forward off a of snap and lose balance due to his height like i said he's a little tall he does have to work extra to stay low um Body control needs a little bit of work and can often lead too much with his head. So, you know, he's a solid center. Um, someone brought up Thomas Bell. The center Schmitz won't get this far. Two things. A, I already drafted Schmitz in a previous draft. But also B, um, I mean, the, people are talking about Schmitz being now like an end of the first round yeah. pick. And there's also some people who actually have dropped him because he didn't test as well as they thought he was going to. So he's a very divisive center right now. So Especially uh, for a really guy who's supposed to be his zone center, testing as badly as he did. Yeah, so... Now that's a really interesting one. I'm not really sure. I'm, I was, I am still high on him. I think he still could, could be really good day one starter for you. But um, in this world, I took uh, my man, my man Joe here. My man Joe. Where'd you go? All right, Kyrie. Speaking of that Northwestern defensive lineman, let the record show this is my guy. My yes, also mine. I got a chance to talk to him. Um, I think he would be a, an absolutely perfect fit for the Chicago Bears, um, just personality-wise, the way that he approaches the game, the way that he goes about his work. And it doesn't hurt that he literally destroyed the combine. Like, I don't even understand how he yep. functions at, what, you know, 280, running a 449? What? What is this? Are you kidding me? And I mean, I taught, he's got a track background, which is interesting because he wasn't a sprinter. He was a thrower and, you know, generating power, you know, through, through explosive movements. I mean, that, that's how he gets down his, his get off the ball is ridiculous to the point where like the, oh, the center will be snapping the ball. And I swear, like he, you must like look up or whatever. And it's just like, the dude's already on you must be like, the hell am I supposed to do with you? And, and I think that his versatility <laughs> to be able to play, again, both inside and out, he, he to me, is a three-tech. But the possibility of him being an early down defensive end that can stop the run is, is intriguing as well. Like kind of a, a, a souped-up version of Demarcus Walker. Mm-hmm. And, again, I think that he kind of hinted to me in our discussion that – there, there's there's a little bit of untapped potential in terms of, you know, he wanted to go to the combine and show what kind of player that he is, which seemed to suggest to me that 
he could be used better in the NFL, that maybe his game is a bit more translational to the NFL than it was at Northwestern. Uh, just to kind of tack on to what you're saying, Kyrie, it's because they had no one else on that defensive line, really, so to speak. They had to line them up everywhere to try to, you know, create the best matchup, as it were. But he, they just didn't have anyone else. So it's like no matter where you put them, it was easy to kind of like just say, there he is. There's 99. Yeah, just go stop him. Just and stop fine. him, and you're going to stop the rest of the line. And he, and also worth noting, he the, the athletic genes in that whole family, his brother is a five-star recruit going to Oklahoma. Indeed. Well, and it's crazy to, sh- to show like how much you know things like the Senior Bowl and the Combine do because if you actually go and look listen to the Hogan Johns podcast, uh, Hogue talked about being at Northwestern's Pro Day recently and how talking to some of the other scouts that were there and some of the uh, some of the coaches for the Northwestern, they were saying, yeah, conversations we were having, this guy was an undrafted free agent all the way up to maybe like a third, fourth round pick. So you know that Senior Bowl started that conversation, and then as Kyrie said, I mean the Combine just shot him off up or shooting him off the boards. Yeah. I mean, sure. I, I can, I cannot fathom. And I mean, it, it must've just been like what Danny was talking about. The fact that, you know, he didn't maybe look as impressive from a production standpoint because he was just the guy that you knew you had to stop and nobody else was there. But I mean, I cannot imagine seeing somebody with that kind of skill set being like, yeah, He's a UDFA. Like, come on now. And, and he even mentioned to me that, I mean, he went up against Pete Skaronsky and and Rashawn Slater for four years in practice. I mean, it's like he's he's seen what NFL linemen are like. It's an excellent point. Uh, this is kind of cool. Uh, we got Jekyll in the chat. A little late and just jumping into your round one picks. First, as a Panthers fan, despite losing more, it hurts. I like the trade between the Bears and Panthers and enjoy him because he will crush it with Fields. Uh, you know, thanks for, for jumping in, spreading spreading the fandom. Yes, uh, appreciate that. Uh, sorry that we took DJ, but hopefully Stroud or Young uh, treats your franchise well because you guys be well not, not too well in the immediate because we need a high pick yeah. this year. But, uh, well in like yeah, two but eventually, Yeah, eventually yeah. I hope that uh, – A couple years. Give it a couple years. Danny's up now, round two, pick 54, with this interesting slide. Andre Carter II from Army. So he projects more, I know, as a 3-4 edge rusher. I saw him there. I've watched his, I've watched a couple games of his. I feel like if you were to put the weight on him, he had like 15 sacks his final year at, at, at Army. He's long. He's athletic. Yeah. I know that they that this iteration of the 43 Tampa 2, whatever you want to call it, that Eberlus is running, likes bigger, bulkier defensive ends. He's not small. He's 250-plus. So you can already see he's got size. He's got a frame where you can fill him out a little more. And he's got length. He's athletic. He can bend the corner. He just needs time because he went from a place in Army that is an, an FBS independent. They don't really play – a ton of great competition. Every I know they play Notre Dame every year or every other year, whatever it is. But he's purely an upside traits based pick with the length and athleticism and production he showed at Army to to try to work on this this year and in the coming seasons. Just as a quick little scouting report on him, I, he, the production the, and everything. It's just kind of like 
it's hard to ignore when you watch him on that army team with the rest of them, because it's like him and a bunch of guys who are just not as good. Yeah. Just an interesting note here from, from John, probably last draftable army recruit. Cause you got grandfathered yeah. into not yeah. having to serve. I mean, that's a, that's a huge difference there. Very cool. Yes. Also Marcos uh, bears, not drafting that T-Rex uh, in, in regards to Peter Skaronsky. Uh, a suggestion that the Bears should take Skaronsky. Right, well, T-Rexes are, are the ones with the big wings, right? You're not. That's not serious, right? <laughs> I'm just making sure. I, I think we're leaning back to a, a previous video yeah. from, from. But, but uh, okay. oh, oh, God. Yeah, the video. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, God, no. Kyrie, please. I, I, hate, I hate you. Um, but I, I also, I also want to say. For for those of you who want to nerd out a little bit, you think T Rex is bad? Go look, go look up a Carnotaurus. Just this is this is the content they're here for. Go look up what a go look at a Carnotaurus's arms. That that's the standard by which short armed offensive tackles, corners, whatever. That that's the standard that we should use from now on. Carnotaurus. Carnotaurus. Oh, Danny's up again um, after his trade. So Brown two picks sixty one. So Sam Laporta, he was initially a fourth or fifth round tight end, and he went to the combine and like a lot of other tight ends this year, and like you know Anthony Richardson did, he effectively tore it up. He went out there, he showed everything you could want to see: the mobility, the speed, size, verticality, everything. Now he didn't have like a lot of Iowa tight ends. He didn't have like super unbelievable big boy production, but tight ends are probably the second or third hardest transition to the league behind corner and quarterback, depending on where you rank it. Cause you have to know the whole offense run blocking and pass blocking and running routes and work what you're doing on each given play. But he's someone I would like in the early rounds, but I don't know how likely that is now seeing as the breaking news we just got. And Bobby Tanyan is a legit, you know, tight end too, but just someone I really liked when he with how the board fell. It also kills my Darnell Washington dreams. Yeah, that's Darnell was, I think, between the three of us, that was all of us who were like, we really want Darnell Washington in Chicago. But alas, uh seems that that's not going yes, to Yes, Ethan Fly or Ethan Al- Eli, we signed Bobby Tanyan. I understand that. We I made these be... mocks like on Tuesday and Wednesday. Like, I'm not making – look, we have real jobs. I have a super real job. I treated like 12 patients today. I'm not updating my mock when they signed I'm Bobby Tanyan or anything like that. So I'm, I'm sorry. It is what it is. And I'll, I found the worst picture of him I possibly could, by the way. But that's, if you're not watching – looks live, like he's 300 pounds. It's not picture. flattering. Oh, hey, look. Mason's back. Yeah. Anyway, probably flip these, whatever. Uh, round two, pick 61. I finally got him in a mock. I, I've been, I was trying for, for weeks to do this. Um, I couldn't just how the board fell usually, but I finally got my guy, Cody Mosh, tackle, technically, uh, North Dakota State, 6'5", 302 pounds with uh, 32 and 3 eighth inch arms. Uh, so that's we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, 5.08 uh, 40, 5.08 40-yard dash with a 1.79 10-yard split, which I think is very important. Uh, had an interesting path. He started as a tight end, actually, but after adding 40 pounds, uh, moved to offensive line, had some spot starts early on, and then finally got to be a full-timer. 2021 started 15 games at 
uh, left tackle. Uh, and previously, the year before that, he had two at right tackle and seven at left tackle. Arm length and inconsistent footwork are probably going to push him to guard. But at a minimum, you have versatility. Right? At a minimum, you have a guy that if in a spot start, you could slide him out the tackle if you need to. Uh, but he is a true drive blocker in the run game, plays with a gritty toughness that the Bears have just consistently lacked on the offensive line, especially on down blocks. His primary goal is to destroy you and take your soul and then remind you about it. Uh, he does well on blitz pickups via pretty good communication and shows mobility in his hips to be able to redirect and recover in space. Could be a very good puller uh, on screens and, and in the zone run game. Pretty good balance and lateral agility. Uh, the problem is he does tend to click his heels a lot on pass sets. We haven't really seen him at guard, so there's not a lot of negative I can really throw into that at this point. Uh, he can get a bit grabby. He feels like he's getting beat. And, yeah, I mean, he just – it's weird. He's got a long torso and tiny Carnotaurus arms. So he's going, he's he's a guard for me, but um, definitely a guy you could develop um, and a guy that you can have become a, your guard of the future. And the best ginger flow this side of Andy Dalton. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Look at that mop. Oh yeah. And then that was a good uh, point by uh, G station seven. He did take some snaps at center too, uh, at the senior bowl. So that just to try to show a little more uh, flexibility in positioning. And Kyrie is silenced. But he's not silenced anymore because he made a trade as well, uh, just a mid-draft uh, mid trade. Well, talk us through this. Ooh. So this was me trying to get a, a little bit of a bridge between where they were, their, their final pick, like 64, and then they like didn't have a pick until like the 100s or something like that, or or, or like you know the the 90s I should say. So I wanted to get a little bit of a of coverage in there to pick up some of the third rounders that I feel like we were all, that we were continually missing on because I feel like there's kind of a there's a big drop off once you get into the fourth round where there are a lot of good players, but I feel like some of the ones that I really wanted were consistently at least in the simulations. Still in the third. So I wanted to give it a shot. And, and pick up uh, another fourth rounder because there are, again, a bunch of really nice fourth rounders mm-hmm. projected to be in those ranges. Well, I love this. And, I mean, the only reason I wouldn't, I didn't do this is because I, I traded up earlier. And with our current rules, we can only trade once in this. Uh, those rules are going to be gone in our, in our future picks. But, I mean, th- this is awesome. I mean, this is what you should do right now, right? I mean, you need to get. You have a lot of holes. You need as many swings at the apple as you can get. And if you get an extra fourth rounder. Swings at the apple, guys. Yeah, swings at the apple. Is that not how you say it? (laughs) Bites at the apple, bro. Okay, you know what? I like swings at the apple because swings at bat, bite at the apple, you put them together, you use both phrases. I mean, it's just you cover all your bases. Or like swings at the vignata, maybe. (laughs) He even got the accent in there. I'm I'm just swings at the Pineda. That's what I'll say. The Pineda dog. (laughs) This is where we take a less official break and we're going to plug (laughs) our draft party. Uh, basically, we are going to, Danny and myself, along with anyone, we're going to fly Kyrie out, obviously. He's going to definitely be there. Friend of the show, Kyrie Thompson. 
Uh, at noon, Whistle Brewing Company. Uh, this is the one in Lombard, Illinois. There's two locations. Don't go to the other one. Uh, Thursday uh, on draft, the first round of the draft. We'll be there at 6 p.m. through whenever we decide we're leaving. Um, and we're going to be hanging with you guys, talking you know, ahead of time what we think is going to happen. And then we're going to be popping in live to do a podcast from there uh, with some of the other individuals from the family that is Windy City Gridiron. Uh, we're going to do some cool stuff. We're working on some promotions for you guys. Um, we're going to do some giveaways. Two that I know for sure we're doing. Uh, we're going to give away a Hypersphere, which is a cool recovery tool that you can use. Uh, we're giving away a DJ Moore jersey. It will not be there. Uh, we're going to get your size and everything because I'm not going to just buy a jersey and hope it fits you. Uh, so, you know, we'll get your information and all that jazz. Um, and then there might be more coming too. Uh, but yeah, get there. Uh, it's going to be super fun. Uh, just a cool way to hang out with y'all and thank you guys for you know being listeners to the show all 76 of you that are currently here listening to this fantastic so Kyrie still doesn't get to go since he traded so far down jerk <laughs> but danny and i happen to take the same guy at the same pick um Ooh. even with the signing of billings today i i like i still like this individual danny why don't you go first um, I really like Keanu Benton. He is a prototypical one tech or your nose guard, nose tackle, however you want to phrase him. Zero, one, or two tech. Um, real, he's built like a grown ass man, is how I would phrase him. He doesn't like have any thin limbs. He's real filled out everywhere. Stout at the point of attack, delivers a powerful punch in every way, shape, and form when he, you know, when he engages with the offensive line. And once he, you know, decides to anchor down, you're not moving him off his spot, at least from what he's shown. And, I mean, and for all the good, he does, you know, have his issues. If he doesn't rush the passer extremely well, he's kind of stiff and not overly fluid. But he is what he is. He's a rock-solid defender at what he actually is asked to do. And the, the bunny hood, Mason, is just too much to – to, for me to keep talking, I need you to continue on your thoughts of Keanu Benton. I figured it would be a nice distraction for you. I, I realized I wasn't wearing it, and then I was like, oh, wait, shoot, I should put the ears up. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we are coming up on Easter. One of my favorite things about him is that he qualified twice for Wisconsin State Wrestling. Um, as a former collegiate wrestler, I I think it, I love that. You talk to some of these offensive and defensive linemen, and they do – mention how it's tougher going against people who know about leverage and everything like that. And for him, that's important. And we'll get into why in a second, but yeah, I mean, 20, 2021, when they had the leading run defense, I mean, he was the leader with 25 tackles, five for loss, two and a half sacks, even though he's not really a pass rusher in this, he plays with size and persistence, you know, full-time starter for four seasons, heavy hands, able to knock pass sets off balance. will stuff the run blue chip kind of guy. Uh, but he needs to be more consistent with explosiveness early in the rep can linger on blocks too long. It's like, he gets a little mad at the guy who's blocking him and says, I'm going to bury you. It's like, no, get out of the way and get to the ball. Uh, and the reason he's here, you know, I, like I said, he's blue chip run defense, but his, his pass rush is, is not a thing really. I mean, he can kind of do it, but it's not something that you're drafting him for. You're hoping that he can develop something along the way. You know, what's kind of now that I'm thinking on it, who he kind of reminds me of just literal build and, play style he's kind of like Ashawn robinson was coming out of alabama just that saying this is really what he his what he's good at he's awesome at don't ask him to do anything else because he really can't do much else and that's okay do what you do and just do it well yeah 
Um, I am back up again. Oh, I'm not. Sorry, this is Kyrie. I don't know why my name's still there. Didn't edit. Yeah, seriously, but, I was about uh, to say, did y'all just do this? Stupid. Mason. Uh, this is Kyrie's. Ignore the fact ah. my name is there. We are just taking all the Badgers. That's all we're doing. Straight Okay, up. yeah. Uh, there but, we go. Uh, yeah, go yep, yeah, center. He's athletic. We are. We already did this, right? So, uh, <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> That's yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Sense. We already did the scouting report on this guy. Bears need interior offensive lineman, specifically center. He's quick. He can move. Fits well in the scheme. Good job, guys. Go team. <laughs> Woo! I don't know. I thought you had something different. Add plus, I really wanted to use the second picture because I mean, again, look how awesome that is. That's, I mean, that that is that is quintessential. Offensive line here. I, I would say this, you know, the, it doesn't necessarily mean that Cody Whitehair is a thousand percent gone. I think if he's healthy, then he had he's a guy that has the versatility to play anywhere on the interior offensive line. If you think that he's one of the best five, but yeah, I, I think and that, lost in it, Kyrie is he was good before he got hurt last year. He actually was like productive. He just got hurt and then he came back and he wasn't the same. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've been kind of on the cut white hair train for a while, but he gives you the option to do it. And if you like your other options, I mean, this is what it's all about. Yep. And we said this at the top of the show. Ryan Pohl said, put your best five out there. You collect all the linemen that you can with the assets you have and you figure out who your best five and best three backups are and or whatever combination you want and you go from there all right the correct name is on there round three pick 74 someone i took previously and i love his game uh kyrie why don't you talk about your man here so this is perhaps not the outside corner that a lot of people are thinking about but the reason i i went here is because i think matt eberflus does a has done a wonderful job with slot corners and developing them. And I feel like Travius Hodges Tomlinson is is a very good mold for that. Where I mean, like in, in theory, like you could, if you're a cornerback, you should be able to play anywhere. But they have two solid outside cornerbacks, or at least the, the theory of having two solid outside cornerbacks. And they might draft another one. Who knows? But I feel like having him in the slot. And, and his athleticism, which you can see here. Um, I think that, that was always something that the Bears were kind of searching for. The, who's the third corner going to be that's solid? And Jalen Jones did a decent job down the stretch, and you had a couple of, of like, undrafted rookies playing well. But I, I feel like, again, you take somebody with this level of potential and put him in the slot next to a hopefully better-developed Kyler Gordon on the outside and Jalen Johnson, at least for – for this coming year, see how he does. And I feel like you could have one of the better secondaries in the game, assuming that everybody else keeps developing. Jaquan Brisker keeps doing what he's doing. Eddie Jackson comes back healthy. I feel like the, the Bears secondary was pretty nice, at least in theory on paper. And towards the end of the year, they started playing a lot better. This would just help that. Yeah, like he said, he said he's on the smaller side, so – he competes on the outside, but there's just guys who are just going to work him and moss him. So he does need to be in the slot. And I mean, as we know, we know this with uh, specifically Eberflus and the Colts uh, previously. I mean, that that slot, that nickelback position is a starter. 
So you need someone that's going to play it and play it well. Keep on rolling. Round four, pick 103. Carries up again. Let's go. So this just happened to be one of those where I, I love a guy like, you know, A.T. Perry. Um, and, and uh, you know, is, and Michael Wilson as well from Stanford. But Jaden Reed got a little bit more juice than those guys. He stood out at the Senior Bowl with his play speed. And I think that, you know, having another guy that, again, could be a yak threat, another downfield threat that can develop in this offense because you don't know the future is 100% of Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool. You would think that Darnell Mooney's getting extended, but if his health is a question, then you need to have young, dynamic guys that are able to step up into that role. To me, Jaden Reed would be able to do that. There are certain positions that you could just never have enough of, right? Corners, one, line, offensive linemen's one. I, I do think receiver is one of those two. I mean, you saw last year how the Bears really suffered when you know you lose a couple of guys and now all of a sudden you're you're just you're just in bad bad position. So so uh having this uh a Jaden Reed here, it, I like it. Um and he's definitely someone who who <laughs> he's definitely a guy who uh could fly up the board, especially after he had a good senior bowl. Danny's taking a, a little bit of a, a sidebar here, so we're going to skip his. Parker Hi. Washington. I'm here. Just I'm here. He's here. Sir, He's here. I am I here. Lied. Parker Washington, talk about the dude. One of my favorite receivers to watch in this draft class. He has got a uh, – how do I put this? It's the same way I really felt last year about Jahan Dotson coming out of the same program. Little guy plays real big. It's like he fights for the ball in the air. He's elite as if almost elite as a 50-50 guy. He's got he's a good solid route runner. He strong after the catch. He's not afraid of being hit. Like he's just he plays way bigger than he actually is. And he plays with a with a winner's mentality in terms of on the film and on the field. You can definitely see what he offers to a coaching staff and what he offers to just the team in terms of like his willingness and his his moxie to play football. One of my favorites. One of my favorites in the draft. Now, what he lacks, not the best athlete. He's kind of slow to gear up, gear down, and really accelerate. So he's kind of like a a contested catch guy while being small. So he might be good in the slot, but I really like him. He's I just he's thoroughly enjoyable to watch. All right, I finally get a tackle. Uh, I got. Blake Freeland, uh, BYU, six foot oh my eight. My guys, uh, how the hell did he last till the fourth? I, I don't know. I he was there. I, I just rolled with it. <laughs> I don't think he'll be there. But four year starter, team captain. I mean, he crushed the combine. Uh, he was ranked number one amongst offensive tackles in terms of athleticism. Four nine eight forty, ten foot broad jump. He, I mean, he is like I said, tall, tons of length, and surprisingly fluid for a guy that big. Can mirror defenders really, really well. Has a strong punch in pass protection. Uh, lateral ability for zone schemes and with great height comes great responsibility. Uh, so, and unfortunately he doesn't have the core stability to match that responsibility right now. He needs to get stronger there. His drive blocking is a bit below average and has trouble getting leverage at times in the run game. So, I mean, he's unfinished products with a modest ceiling, but with some of those tools he has, I mean, he could, he could be a bit of a dude. Kyrie round four, pick one twelve. 
I was like, I was like, where, where's, where's the name? Where's the graphic? Uh, Luke Schoonmaker, a guy that is, you know, he was at the Shrine Bowl, so I've been looking at him a bit from a Patriots perspective, uh, as, as well, mocked him there a couple of times. But you see the, you know, kind of length and athleticism and pass catching ability that he has. Again, offers a slightly different skill set than than Cole Komet does, where I think Schoonmaker's a little bit more of a receiver in a tight end's body. And again, the Patriots just went ahead, or rather, the, the Bears just went ahead and uh, you know, kind of threw a wrench into this by uh, signing Robert Tanyan. But I would still do this because again, Tanyan's on a one-year deal, and you get a developmental guy who is again a little bit more of this new age tight end that can go out catch passes for you, attack all the parts of the field that you want. Good hands can make contested catches. Which is really what you need out of your tight end. Danny, pick 120 in the fourth. What a shot. All right, it's the other Maryland cornerback. We got ourselves a Jacorian Bennett. Um, tested very well. Uh, to kind of make it easy, super fluid, easy athlete. The only thing he, I think he might lack is like recovery speed, but he's super aggressive, super like willing and willing and wanting to engage in the activity of football, run support, getting up in a receiver's chest, playing jam or press. And he's he's got he's big enough, he's strong enough to do it. Um, I guess the other thing is with him is the production is kind of not there. He had a bunch of bunch of or not a bunch but a handful of dropped interceptions and i think he was penalized upwards of 10 or 12 times his final two years at maryland so he's a little grabby a little handsy but the 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 natural and raw athleticism and an ability to just do things other people can't do it's what you're banking on here like he would not need to go see mason for his hips and ankle mobility because he is moving around and flipping his hips with ease he mirrors and shadows and can run he actually Foot usage-wise, when he's within himself and not overly antsy, he kind of reminds me a bit of Prince of Mukamara, who had some of the best feet I can ever remember looking at on a cornerback, where he could just mirror and shadow whoever he was on. Curry, round four, pick 133. Yeah, I'm just over here snapping him up. Uh, Moro Ajomo. Look, another guy that I, I can see as – Another just B-gap defender, good, solid body in there to defend against the run. And, and I think that there's there's a little bit of a potential when you look at his, his kind of frame and size, that maybe there's a little bit of that early down outside run defender as well. I've been a huge fan of collecting those kinds of bodies for the defensive line. Guys that can play everywhere. We talked about some interchangeability with the front. I think he gives you that. And I, I think that, okay, maybe he starts off as a rotational guy. But to me, I, I could see that being a potential interior starter down the line, once you get a little seasoning in him. It's funny. I had him, too. I almost took him uh, just because I like what he's got going for him around this pick. Danny, round four, pick 133, staying on the defensive line. Yep. Uh, same similar thing to uh, what Kyrie was saying. You kind of are just trying to stack bodies when you're no, when you're not having too many, you know, warm warm bodies, let alone good bodies along your defensive line. I think they've got what three or four total under contract right now, with between their defend, defensive ends and their defensive tackles. Um, so Henry is 
kind of more of your power rusher. Um, he doesn't really have he, – he has good, not great athleticism. Uh, he's strong. He delivers a strong punch to the chest, but he might uh, lack a little bit in the way of edge setting, so strong base, so upper body strength, not so much lower body strength. Um, and But when he does get his head of steam, he transitions speed to power well, which is something you always want, but he needs to work on all his pass rush moves. It it's it is what it is. He's a fourth round defensive end prospect. You hope he hits. He's got some tools to work with. He's got some talent in production, as do most of those Clemson defend defensive linemen that come out. But I don't know. He was more just kind of like a name I, I knew on the board that I liked, not loved at that moment in time for that pick. It's more just getting warm bodies. Interesting. I'm finally back up after due to some of my trades, I didn't have a ton of fourth round any fourth rounders. Uh, round five, pick 137. Uh, uh, breaking news, game. Mason. Bears are signing Panthers running back Deontay Foreman to a one-year $3 million deal. Hey. All right. Well, now they're not going to draft the guy I have on the screen here, Danny. <laughs> yeah. Get wrecked. Couldn't have waited. Um, honestly, I, I, I'm, I love Deontay Foreman. I mean, it sucks that he got hurt like he did because it sapped a lot of his athleticism. But I mean, he did well for the Panthers last year. He was a really good prospect coming out of Texas years ago. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> so so that, now you don't need Bijan. You have a you have a Texas running back. I, yeah, and we can. Yeah, I'm going to say that. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. <laughs> that would have been very, very bad. <laughs> well, I'll still talk about Deuce Vaughn, I guess. <laughs> now, now since he's here, uh, short kings rejoice. Five five, 179 pounds. Uh, it plays very similar to Jaquiz Rogers, if you remember from the Atlanta days. Uh, but Rogers was heavier than Vaughn is at a similar height. He's super versatile, productive, durable back. Uh, I mean, he had a productive career in the Big 12, rushed for more than 3,000 yards, 43 touchdowns. In 2022 alone, he had nine touchdowns and over 1,500 yards. He could see any small crease in the defense, find a hole, pick, get vertical, get yardage. Pretty tough for defenders to identify him for obvious reasons. And by the time they do, he's able to accelerate smooth change of direction, easily sidestep early penetration and pretty insane contact balance. Uh, pretty hard to bring down even at his size. And he can run routes from the slot on empty sets. The measurables are what some teams are going to hate, right? I mean, five, five, it's, it's tough. Uh, he can take run off track for no reason. Like all of a sudden it's like, why are you not going the direction you're supposed to be going? Not sure how he's going to handle blitz pickups. Uh, I can only imagine it. Like imagine a, Tremaine Edmonds coming on a blitz and him trying to block that. Um, a regional scout for the NAFC team said he's tough and he's fun to watch, but that's an impossible sell in our building because of the size. I think he makes it in the league, though. So um, cross that off the board. Deontay Foreman's on your team. <laughs> cross Bijan off the board. Any running back. <laughs> Round five, pick 137. <laughs> Kobe Turner. Uh, yeah, basically for the exact same reasoning, more or less that I went ahead and got Moro with the previous pick. Again, I'm just stacking them up because, yes, they're going to sign more defensive tackles, I would assume, but especially if they're on one- or two-year deals, it doesn't necessarily mean they are locked to make the team. It, it, it makes me think of, and again, I don't want to call this back in, in the same way because I feel like the idea of it was good. The players they picked were not so good. Remember when they went with, like, uh, what, Ego Ferguson and Will Sutton with back-to-back picks back in the day to try and shore up the defensive line. I mean, look, the difference is that this is on the fourth and fifth round, and you're taking flyers on guys that were productive in college. And Kobe Turner's insanely well-graded 
on PFF? Like what are the high, like highest overall like prospect grades in every category? Which just makes me think like, man, why does this guy get picked so low? I don't, I don't know. I have the same thing. He keeps popping up late in the draft, and I'm just like, I believe why? I took him in my last one too. Yeah, just because he's a he's a nice player. He, I don't know why he's projected so low, but for whatever reason, he is. So, Danny, round five, pick one thirty-seven. This is your utter traits pick, Bryce Ford Wheaton, wide receiver, West Virginia. He went to the combine and he shredded it. He shattered it, did everything that you could want to do for a guy who the only reason I don't have him as an undrafted free agent is because of what he did at the combine. He had 300 yard games in total in his entirety of college. That's it. He doesn't do much on film. He's large. He's clearly fast. He can, he's got some contested catchability. He's hard to jam because he is so big and strong. He's six, four, plus, And he's running a four, three forty. And he's, He's a specimen. There's no way around it. But it's he's the I he's kind of like the lab concoction someone drew up to play football, but it didn't work. <laughs> like, damn it. He should be good, but he's not. So I would love for him to be like kind of your Valus Jones replacement, which is kind of what I was thinking. Like you can just cut bait with Valus Jones and bring in a, a just a marvel of a physical specimen. But I don't think he's particularly good. Like it's more just you're betting on upside of the physical nature of him. You should be his publicist. That makes me sound love want to draft him. That he's built in a lab, but it went wrong. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awful. Uh, round, round five, pick one forty nine. This is on. This is one of my favorite late picks. Uh, Yaya Diaby. Uh, out of Louisville, 6'3", 263. His athleticism score in the combine ranked him second amongst defensive ends. Uh, the thing that caught – the first time I really saw him was the combine running his 40. I mean, he ran a four five one at, you know, 263 pounds. That's pretty damn fast with a 1.56 10-yard split. He had a pretty thin frame coming out of high school, so he didn't get many scholarships, so he went the Juco route. Uh, and he en- ended up getting to Louisville. Uh, he plays strong. Like, he is a strong guy at the point of attack he can strike separate well uses pinch and pull technique to yank blockers off balance power rusher with lateral quickness and short area burst will make it pretty ideal for twists and games up front which when you don't have just a ton of talent being able to do those games is, is huge he needs more skill moves though he just usually relies on his how fast and how strong he is and if you take him he gets kind of like okay now what do i do uh he needs more moves he needs to be able to stack that um, but at this point, you are drafting as Danny did with his last pick. Um, he's not necessarily built in, in a lab, you know, maybe more of a garage, I guess. But, you know, his D and his defensive IQ has been questioned. Haven't you been able to elevate to that next next place? Um, and I think part of it is just like he hasn't really had to. Like when he was in Juco, he was just always the biggest, strongest, fastest. And even at Louisville, he kind of fell in that category, too. So, you know, can he now, once he's amongst the big boys, develop some of that? Danny, same pick, 149 in the fifth round. A guy that I drafted two mocks ago, maybe? I believe you did, yeah. Uh, So this was more just a – he's got good traits. He's got very consistent, if not unspectacular film. He does his job well. He does flash athleticism, uh, but he just doesn't do anything spectacularly on film. He's solid, 
steady and just kind of does what he's asked to do. It's nothing wrong with that. And you're, this is where you're getting to the point of he was also – you're looking for the intangibles, right? He was a three-time captain, I believe, for Tulane's defense. He, you know, is the film room warrior. He probably – I'm guessing he spends a lot of time in the weight room given how he tested. You know, it's it's everything that you could want as a coach for a guy that's probably going to be a good special teamer given his, his natural athleticism. He could probably fill in in a pinch because of his experience at Tulane. He played a lot of snaps there as a, as a linebacker for him. I don't know. It just, it's just it's boring pick, and they probably don't need a linebacker any quote unquote need a linebacker anymore at this point. But he's just someone that was there, probably the best player I saw available at the time, and just was like, all right, cool, let's take the linebacker who's gonna help immediately in some fashion, and is gonna be a good presence in the locker room. Yeah, gonna do a ton on special teams for you, like literally just just rack up the tackles. Kyrie. Same pick, 149, fifth round. Yep, give me the super dynamic running back, which, again, you know, we're, they're stacking running backs right now, but here's a guy that maybe isn't going to help you out so much in the pass blocking department, but he can catch the passes, and good Lord, when he gets the ball in his hands, he can really run. You can get him on kick returns, like, I don't know, like a third of the kick returns that he had went for like 20-plus yards. So um, this is this is a, just a dynamic guy that adds to the speed that you know that Ryan Poles wants to have on his team. I really like him, and I, I'm building the board with Robert. I actually compared him to like a like a twitched up Theo Riddick. He doesn't do a lot in the running game. He is almost exclusively used as a passer feel, or a pass catcher. It feels like over there for them because he is he's diminutive. He's tiny, but he is electric. He's fun. I like the pick. Keep it on, keep it rolling, Kyrie. Round six, pick one hundred six. Uh, a guy that I'm pretty sure uh, you made up. <laughs> He's a Sal, Madden generated like, player. Sal, like like a straight, like a hog. I mean, it's perfect. Um, but but again, give me a guy who is who can move. He's big, interior guy, who's more athletic than you think he is at that size. And I just feel like. Regardless of, of who it is, I mean, I've gone through a couple different iterations of this. You know they're going to draft offensive linemen aside from just tackle number one, right? And then we're just going to call it a day. They're going to want developmental guys later on, see if you can mold them, and see if they can take over for a, as eventual starters. That's what the Patriots do. They routinely turn you know, sit, you know fifth, sixth, and seventh round guards into starters you know, that stay in the league for like 10 years. See if you can do that here. In all, in all seriousness, I know I joked about him like not being a real person, but uh, that that's your last pick. Your last person, by the way, is a creative character, but we'll get there. Um, <laughs> that's one of the reason I love the combine is because I had no idea who he was. I was watching the offensive line 40 and drills, and I was like, wow, this guy moves really well. So I, I like City Sal as a late flyer. Uh, I am up with my final pick, uh, round seven, pick 219, Will Mallory. He is the quintessential big receiver essentially as a tight end. Uh, he really doesn't give you anything in terms of blocking. Like if you put him on the edge alone with a defensive, with an edge rusher, Justin would die. Um, I just don't trust <laughs> his blocking whatsoever, but as a seventh round pick pass catcher, he's awesome. Athleticism score. It was ranked fifth at the combine four, five, four, five, four, 40 yard dash with a 36 and a half vert, uh, 10 foot one broad jump. 
He's a move tight end with good build-up speed and athleticism needed as a route runner. His production was often off the play action in rub routes, but he has the potential to use some of that athleticism to create separation. Long strides tend to sneak up on defenders on seam routes, and I think that's something that Justin, he did that a lot in college to his tight ends, was that seam route, just perfect ball over the top. He'd do well with that here. Uh, above average run after the catch when he gets his legs rolling. Uh, but it, he needs to be a bit more aggressive as a catcher. Sometimes when defenders cloud that space, he just loses the ball for some reason. He's too big to let that happen. So uh, if he could figure out how to at least get in the way of a blitzer or an edge rusher, uh, that would be preferred. Last pick for Kyrie. Again, this guy that I didn't know existed until you sent me your mock. <laughs> <laughs> another another shrine bowl guy, Kadeem Telfer. Um, massive. Like we're talking like what is like 6'8", 320. But again, you would think a guy like that wouldn't fit on the Chicago Bears, but you watch some of the way that he can get up to the second level and get out on the edge. I mean, he's kind of like um like Trent Brown, but down like 30 or 40 pounds. Because Trent Brown can move. You just don't realize it because he's so massive. This guy is, I think, an interesting developmental prospect as a tackle where it's it's one of those classic upside picks. And that's what this round is. Just get bodies that maybe can become something. Danny, your final pick, sticking with the final quarterback route that you've done a couple times here. Yep. So it's more just... I don't know really what Malik Cunningham does at the next level. I'm just intrigued by his natural football prowess. He wasn't a particularly quote-unquote great quarterback at Louisville. He was productive, but that they weren't winning many games while he was there. Um, Real good athlete. He's actually got a plus arm. Like I don't think he's got a great arm, but he's got a good enough arm to make all the throws if he were to stay there. But his best stuff comes in the fact that he he's impossible to tackle, it feels like, at times on film. He just – Frenetic feet. He doesn't stop moving. He's real fast in a straight line. Um, and if he, I guess he wanted to stay a quarterback, you really got to kind of keep him in like a rhythm. He doesn't, he's not really a broken play quarterback where he's making plays with his feet to extend the play to pass downfield. If he's taking off, he's taking off. That's just what he does. So it's more just get a really good athlete who's shown to be good with the football in his hands in your in your building and see what happens. Maybe he sticks a quarterback and you can tie him on the practice squad as you develop him. Maybe he tries to go the Denard Robinson route and you just try to play him at running back. I'm not the person that tries to change people's positions very often, but his natural instincts, sort of like when Jordan Lynch was coming out of Northern Illinois, that his best stuff was shown when he was running with the football, not necessarily throwing it. And that's okay. And for those who are, you know, sitting there saying, well, the Bears just signed P.J. Walker and cut Trevor Simeon, what, why? And it's like, well, first of all, you need camp arms. It's just, you need it. Um, second of all, you sh- I truly believe you should always be, whether it's round six, seven, undrafted free agent, you should be developing a quarterback on your practice squad or something of that nature. Like, if someone really wants to sign Malik Cunningham off of your practice squad and give him an active roster spot, good for them. But, you know, you should be doing the best you can to, to keep these, get these players going. So these are the mocks. Uh, myself, Danny, and uh, Kyrie. You, I'm not going to read all these if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, hopefully you remember them. Also, I'll post something tomorrow with these if you want to see what they are. So check Twitter out for that. You can see one of the biggest differences is uh, the swing in picks, right? I gave up a pick while you know both Danny and Kyrie gained two. So uh, three pick difference there. Bigger rookie classes for them. 
Um, Danny Marco says do better. Uh, you should take that to heart. Absolutely. Oh, my, my day is ruined over the guy named Marcos who just doesn't know me. Just destroyed you. <laughs> just, um, how I, will I, I ever financially recover from this? I basically looked at it as, you know, give me blue chip Will Anderson. Um, and I don't keep, have end up drafting, like, what did I give up? Pick 133. Uh, Moro Ojomo or KJ Henry. And I was like, okay, I'm okay with that. Any thoughts before we get out of here? We went way longer than I expected and wanted. Well, three three voices, a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah. Thank you all so much for uh, inviting me on. And I'm sure we'll do it again at some point. As, no. as Danny said, friend of the podcast. <laughs> Gentlemen, good night. Good, good night to all. Bear down. We getting out of here. I have a new pet I need to go check out. Goodbye. <laughs>